0: okay i have to tell you the grossest story and i think i'm probably playing it up a little bit but it's one of the grossest story that's ever happened to me in my life i'm all beers this morning i'm walking my dog douglas around the block i live in the middle of downtown seattle um good name
1: for a dog douglas yep and
0: so i'm walking dougal around and we turn the corner and i'm kind of not really paying attention it's right by the entrance to this big church and uh And so we turn the corner. He starts smelling on something. I'm kind of looking off. I'm just not really thinking because it's bright and early in the morning. And I look, and I notice that it is what is definitively was human shit on the sidewalk. And I say this because it's a a big log of human shit, and there's toilet paper wadded up and, like, spewing on top of it. And it's Seattle, so it's been raining all morning. So the shit has kind of molded into the sidewalk a little bit it like has run off but not run off the sidewalk it's just kind of like if you took the shit and you just like threw it at the sidewalk and and it so was it on the like lip of the curb? Nope so they were oh, right okay. on the sidewalk next to the building the guy okay. must have leaned against the building of the church oh sure and shat and then wiped his ass and the part of the story that get got me is that Douglas is at this point has been smelling it for what is presumably a few seconds because he starts licking it. Oh, so no. Douglas is licking no. human shit on the sidewalk no. and my skin crawled. No, and I, no, no, <laughs> no. And there's nothing what are you going to do? You can't I was going to give him mouthwash but then I was like, "Oh, I'm, my that like might fuck my dog up." So I've just been right. like forcing him to drink water in our apartment and he's like kissing me later in the day. I mean, you can get hepatitis and stuff from yeah, human shit on the, a sidewalk. The only hope is the dog bacterium is enough to kill the human right, bacteria because his mouth is supposed to be i, I that's i that's was thinking say, that too as yeah. he was walking around the block i was like okay he's probably recycling again what is human shit which is a decent segue into the beer we're drinking today and that is uh olympia beer Ooh. welcome to cold cans everyone <laughs> this is shit cans baby <laughs> Well, with that introduction, we're drinking uh, Olympia, not Rainier, Mm -hmm. Olympia beer today. um, and It's the water. It's neither of our favorite beer, uh, but it's a a local brewery here in Seattle, and I thought it would be a good opportunity to sort of examine what exactly it is we're doing out here. Do do you ever wake up at three o'clock in the morning and go, why the fuck am I in Seattle? Yeah. Yeah. How did I get here? What are what random collision of events mm-hmm. led me to this point? By the way, one uh, point to make
1: before we get into that: mm-hmm. this is actually brewed in Milwaukee. Which, really? Yeah, it was bought by Pabst.
0: Oh, this and is, it a, is brewed in Milwaukee.
1: So it's symbolic in that way too. It comes from uh, Milwaukee, originally Wisconsin. from
0: Tumwater, Washington. Yeah, where it got its name. But
1: right here on the side the of this water. silo, brewed by a Pabst Brewing Company in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Would you look at that, huh? Well, I'll be dipped
0: I'll be in dipped a pile of, of human dog shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> human shit.
0: Well, yeah, so it's it's neither of our favorite beers, but it yes. is an indicative uh, beer of the region. It's uh, something people, you'll find in bars. It's a, it's yep. a like $2 happy hour, $1 happy hour tall boy. <laughs> yes, good value here. Good, yeah. value here. good value here. Good value. The trademark is a giant horseshoe over what looks to be a little tiny little waterfall. It's a nice scene. Yeah. Olympia's... The color scheme is like all gold it's overall it's just a nice classic beer of the region yeah but, and the history of it was that it was brewed using like local
1: artesian water or something like that obviously now it's not interesting ha- having yeah.
0: been moved to Gi- Milwaukee but, by a giant conglomerate because right. Pabst was then purchased and I'm looking this up as I speak just to make sure I'm saying it right yeah Pabst was then purchased by Miller Coors which that is ex- what brought it to... Wisconsin, got it. Yeah. yeah, okay. So it's no longer using artesian water. <laughs> For <laughs> many bastards. years, yeah, it was brewed it's like water from... like Michigan water. ...from artesian wells. The company's promotions made much of the use of artesian water in the brewing process, blah, 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 blah. So that's where it's the water it's comes the from. It's the water, and that's the slogan.
1: And it's funny, they're one of the people who puts the quotation marks around their slogan. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Misuse of quotation marks.
0: Yeah, yeah, Olympia best. beer, it's, it's the water. It's the water... <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, but it is a beer that gets me thinking again of how uh, we made our way out here and all the events that sort of lead you to be just a confused dude in your 20s. Yeah. And I do, I I literally do wake up at 2 in the morning and I'll look out the window and it's fucking raining and I'm in Seattle and I, I don't understand. I guess when you're a kid you kind of think, oh, you know, you're going to go to college, you're going to get a nice degree, you'll find a job in a trade and like... It'll, it'll seem less random, the path that you take, but you end up just kind of walking down the path and then you're Olympia All these Olympia decisions,
1: yeah, split you off one way or the other that you never saw coming. Right. And are you, can I ask, when you wake up uh, not knowing where you are, are you a few Olympias deep these nights or are
0: these sober nights? Uh, God willing, I'm not a few Olympias deep. <laughs> Hopefully I'm a few something else. I, I, don't, I tend to stay away from this beer, we'll say. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess yeah that's that's when I tend to wake up when I've had a couple beverages and go what the fuck am I doing in (laughs) Seattle I need to go back home and then you feel like home's not home anymore like that's another thing through life you go through this process again where it's all laid out for you I'm going to school and then I have to go to college and then Mm -hmm. after college not everybody goes through the path but the people who do go through that path and you go through college and then it's the first sort of roll of the dice of your life where you graduate college and you just whoever will hire you you take that job and you go somewhere so that's how you got your start that's what moved you out to washington that's what moved me out to washington um i've been working the same company for a few years and i still think like what like what if i just would have not taken this interview or if the interview would have went poorly or anything differently i could either still be in wisconsin or be somewhere entirely different knowing entirely different People, my whole life would be different
1: yeah you 're drinking different local beer i 'm not point. drinking you're not Olympia drinking
0: Olympia beer in Seattle Washington <laughs> yeah, but it it 's something that i don 't think there 's an answer for, and that 's kind of what everybody 's looking for i don 't know
1: that 's what 's cool about it, yeah, is we all have some version of that story, right, where we got to where we are, whether it 's making the same choices as everyone who came before us, and then you 're kind of in similar spots, right, or you make the one decision that 's like, okay, this is going to divert me and take me to a new place that no one I know ha- has done this type yeah, thing. Yeah, and yeah. you're kind of all out in the wild west, so to speak, on your own.
0: Yeah. And I think there, it always tends to be a thing where the grass is always greener, no matter what decision you make. If you, if, like you said, a lot of people choose what happened before them. So they'll stay put and they're just going to stay where they grew up because that's safe. It's not easy to make a decision to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then you think, fuck, why didn't in my 20s I get up and leave? where i'm from and go try something but then if you go try something and it's not this weird standard of like paradise that c- everything possibly could be yeah this all my problems been, aren't solved right so <laughs> this was definitively not the right solution and i should have picked something else or i should have just stayed put yeah and it's i don't know it's a weird time what, so after a few years here does this feel like home to you or this
1: doesn't feel like home to me i don't think it's it's feeling more like a place i'm comfortable in though I've been, yeah, I've been out for about two years now. And, you know, the Olympias are going down a little smoother these days than
0: at first. Mm, That's well put. Um, But so then will any place ever feel like home or will somewhere eventually feel like home? And then what would be where you came from?
1: Right. I think having lived in Wisconsin for 25, 24-ish years, I think that will always feel like home to me. And the fact that my parents still live there and things like that. And I have a lot of family there. It, I think it's not going to really... turn
0: into the place you grew up, and home is wherever it is you're living at at the time.
1: Yeah, I think home could be somewhere else. Yeah, like if I'm set up, I have a family somewhere else. I think that's what the
0: biggest thing is. Yeah, is I guess the family there. Yeah, when you're in your twenties, you're kind of still in this like nebula, this like membrane where you haven't passed to that part of your life yet. Right. Where you've like you have a firm family and you're you're de- you're definitely in a home because like you're seeing your children grow up somewhere i guess it's like growing up and being raised somewhere you see your children do it and now that's your home because you're the one doing the raising but i think that's why yeah wisconsin will always feel like you know where i'm from slash home
1: i guess it's your definition of home but like yeah all my whatever formative memories
0: are there right and friends and everyone you know and exactly when you go other places it's just weird it's a strange feeling where everybody's a little bit different even though they're not everybody's the same everywhere but yeah like, you just don't know them these yet. Seattle people are all yeah. a certain ilk <laughs> which is just not true sure and then eventually what comfort sets in you're like okay now I have my friends again and then but then the, a weird flip side of the thing sets in where then you go now like i don't feel like i don't know my friends from then my college buddies my high school friends my coworkers from old jobs all that kind of stuff becomes this weird distant memory you're kind of always living in the now but at the same time the now never totally feels comfortable at least for me in my 20s
1: yeah i think one thing about the people who you used to know quote unquote quote, used to know are easier to keep in touch with now because of social media and texting and whatever right it's much easier to you know just Shared little things with them back and forth and kind of stay connected to that. I think that's also another reason I still view Wisconsin as like my home base type thing. Right. Or somewhere I could always go back to because I still know people there and keep in touch with them and things like that, which I think makes it different in this time period of like you can still be connected to all these different places. Like even if we moved from here someday
0: you could still chat or talk to the people you knew sure the people don't go away anymore like they used to yeah even though the places change but that's the change is just inevitable that's kind of what you're saying it just i think i always knew that i just feel like i guess i used to think it was just going to be less random change is inevitable but it feels pretty random yeah it does as you move through life and I still don't like, who both knows in hindsight and now almost on an everyday basis, it feels that right, way. Right. If you're looking for a job or something, you're just applying to like a hundred places yeah. and you just hope one picks you. And when one picks you, those are your friends. Yep. <laughs> and we just are these this social This is the creatures. desk you're going to die at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and question every single day's existence. <laughs> right. At. Right. Yeah. For this company that it just treats you as a, a faceless figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I think in some ways the uh, path of the Olympia Brewing Company mm. followed this trajectory. Mm. A place st- something. starting out, again, in, in small little Tumwater, Washington with its artesian wells. Born and bred. Born and bred, and it feels like home to Olympia. They still have their artesian wells, again, on the logo of their beer, and then are acquired by Pabst. And move from... So they get
1: hired by Pabst out of beer college. And
0: they question themselves at Pabst, and then Pabst gets acquired and is now moved into the real corporate world of Miller Cruz where now they're being brewed from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and Olympia wakes up in a cold sweat and says, what the fuck are we doing at this point? Why do we still have It's the Water written on our can? Like, this isn't even who we are anymore. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day though that change is inevitable you 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 kind of would look at olympia or any person who's like you know what this is the way i've been doing it since in olympia's case 1896 and we haven't changed an iota and i always kind of look at that with a skeptical eye of like why didn't you change for a hundred years yeah that's a bad thing like there are Th- this might be where the metaphor falls apart. Yeah, if it's okay. easy to maintain
1: a beer recipe, not as easy to, reman- no, to maintain a, a sh- personality and a...
0: Sure, but... Th- yeah, I guess the metaphor falls, <laughs> but a little no, here. I liked where you're going. This is this works out better than I thought it would. But it's it the the <laughs> change in the beer, if I may try to shoehorn this fucking metaphor together, horseshoe horn. It, There you go. Hey, it's uh, on the can. But the Hits change the in the beer, sure, the recipe potentially doesn't change. Although that's probably bullshit. I'm sure Miller Coors is substituting things to make this thing cheaper cheap. Yeah, to build we should find scale. someone who drank this back in. 1950 if we can we were verify a, a higher production podcast we would have done that <laughs> um but like you know the the practices the ingredients i'm sure have altered sure. um I, I i i don't think anything goes unchanged i think it's an ideal that old guys in bars drinking olympias like to talk about i've i've been doing things this way for 60 years and I'll do those things the same way for 60 years plus. But those people stale out and are in bars at 10 o'clock in the morning when they're 50 years old. And that can't be a wonderful existence. Sure. I I think like you said earlier, it's kind of easy to do that, which...
1: there's, I mean, there's value in, certainly, because that's all any of us is trying to do is find peace of mind
0: of some type. So if they've found peace of mind there, it's okay, I think. So that's it why It work it's for ideal. everybody, no. Right. So that's why it's an ideal. Peace of mind is right. the ideal. And if me that saying is. I haven't changed in 50 years, you should think I have peace of mind. Exactly. When I would imagine, though, that the people who haven't changed are haunted by it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that means you haven't evolved as a person. You're going to die the same person you were 50 years ago. It's, yeah, some
1: people take pride in that, I think.
0: It's very much a Midwestern cultural yeah. thing to do. You should be lucky to go work at the farm Yep. like when you get older, you you shouldn't making something yourself, quote unquote. Like going and trying to pursue something and failing is the most fucking humiliating <laughs> thing that you should avoid at all costs. It's not. Do you part feel of like that's true, process. or do you feel like it's never even thought of the like going out and doing something else? I think it's more the latter, almost. Yeah, it's never thought of, and the once in a while, the people who do it. I remember this was one guy from my high school, and now I came his name i don't know there's this dude from high school who was like went out and was a pilot in like oklahoma or something and he was like it was like this if you heard people talking about it it was talked about it as like not a, a reverence in their voice it was like i don't know what the fuck he yeah you thinking. hear
1: what the fuck this guy's doing yeah what is he doing
0: he's gonna throw his life away mm-hmm. he could die in this 1200 person town and he's passing up that opportunity <laughs> i can't believe it he'll never be able to fall back and come move fucking back here if he wanted to right it, it, it's such a toxic, uh, thought to avoid change because everything is cyclic. We are as people that's, that's our life. And when we move through these phases, again, you're in your twenties, when change is so strange because you are currently in the membrane between two phases, it feels like it's directionless and that's a negative directionlessness. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's no, what people yeah, no view, meaning. yeah, but that's what people view all change as the people who are scared of change change is directionlessness because you can't know what you were about to do and so therefore you're just a fucking drifter and sure a bane on society i would say yeah the the only thing about
1: the people who like celebrate change and you know taking risks and things like things like that I think it's a little hollow sometimes because half of them thinks like this person doesn't know what they're doing. That's why they're making this big change. Even the people who celebrate it, like a lot of right. people out in Seattle, it's a little bit hollow when they're like, oh, that's awesome. That's cool. Like,
0: yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. You're, I'm, I'm glad you're doing it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they
1: value the stability in their lives, but right, then they're right. like, you're a fun dinner talk piece if you like have done something and then and, weird, but and then and they're then like, eh.
0: Yeah, and it's fun to it. it you go eh, and you you walk away, and you you do kind of go like, oh, "That's kind of cool that that person dropped everything to go move to Hollywood or whatever it is that they did." And then, but like, I've got a four hundred one k. But either. yeah, baby, I'm stable in the the, <laughs> yeah. the benefits at my job. <laughs> oh boy, I, we get a we get a fifty percent match up to four percent, and <laughs> Daddy don't pass that up. <laughs> 40 years I've been here. <laughs> <laughs> but Olympia is one of those beers that I don't think people around here, and I may be corrected, and by all means, correct me on Twitter. Find us at at ColdCansPodcast. Please. Get at us. Uh, but it's not a, a beer that's, I, I think, looked at like... Elysian is another brewing company here in Seattle that people shit on right now because they just got bought by I think Anheuser-Busch. And they were this big like we're Seattle's, you know, brewing Bad company. Boy. Yeah, and they actually had a beer called not a, not a corporate beer, I think it's called. Okay. Um and now they are the corporate beer. Yeah, you're. <laughs> but Olympia for some up. reason but, has gone through a level of change that I think it's still highly regarded. One of the things that is probably indicative of that is again, on my Wikipedia research, Olympia shows up in pop culture everywhere. There are uh, at least a dozen movies and certain directors that, like, constantly feature Olympia. Clint Eastwood promotes Olympia in... He promoted it in Magnum Force, Thunderbolt, and Lightfoot, the Iger, sense, Iger Sanction, Every Which Way But Loose, uh, in any, way, any which way you can. So for, like, decades, Clint Eastwood is promoting Olympia... I don't know. Maybe those all those movies were in about five years. Anyway, point is, it's it's something that is for some reason revered elsewhere, and here when it shows up in a menu, people don't look at it like they don't look down their nose at it. They're like, okay, it's it's okay to drink in Olympia. It, I, yeah, I I would say it's not looked down
1: on, but no one's going to order this. If it's not a dollar type thing. <laughs> I guess that's a good point,
0: which I mean, maybe that's, that's part, part of, of it. The, that's part of it. Yeah. Which I mean, goes back to this weird thing where it has undergone change, but it's still, you still can be proud of your roots. I think the the point of it is it's always part of you where you came from, mm-hmm. still in the water, but change is human nature and mm-hmm. to resist it is is just going to be, yeah. It, and it's going to be painful and and you're not going to grow as a person. Um, speaking of re- resisting something, I, the, when was the last time you drank Olympia? You drank so, Olympia?
1: So, uh, I've only had Olympia a few times in my two years out here, but one of the times was about a month ago. And this probably plays into the story of not knowing what you're doing or, or, sure. <laughs> or, uh, how you got to this point. Is, this is
0: a good metaphor for being in your twenties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <a> good
1: twenties <laughs> metaphor, not knowing where you are, how the hell you got here. So, um, I'm a guy who doesn't uh, vomit very much. I um, ascribe to the Mark Twain quote that goes something like, um, "Part of success is part of success in life is uh, eating anything you want and letting letting it fight itself or letting it fight it out inside right. your stomach, something like that." Yeah. And so I don't vomit like at all ever. the The only other time I had vomited previously, spoiler. Is uh, when I ate some bad steak one time back in high bad school. Bad steak. Bad steak back in high school. Raw steak.
0: You eat rotten steak. It
1: must have been rotten. Oh, it was reheated, God. and I thought it was safe. The <laughs> microwave didn't save me. So this was uh, the other day in Seattle's beautiful Capitol Hill neighborhood, uh-huh. and uh, I had exactly one twelve ounce Olympia beer, and about twenty minutes later, I was out on the street in Capitol Hill in front of a like dance bar, dance club type <laughs> place. And all of a sudden, I felt a little gurgling in my gut. And the two friends I was with later told me that the look on my face was just the look of pure disgust. That's what they (laughs) saw in me in the seconds leading up to me walking behind a parked car in the street and vomiting. (laughs) From one Olympia. From one Olympia. And it was just that beer that came up. It just looked, it still looked like (laughs) light beer. There was nothing else in it. It was just this one beer
0: that's so strange. Your gut was like, everything else in here is good. It's fine. Get whatever <laughs> yeah. this is out. Get them out. Get them out. But an Olympia is not, I mean, it is a cheap beer, but it's not like you're drinking four loco or something. Right. It's just yeah. beer.
1: It's not offensive to the body's like digestive system in any way. And for whatever reason, that night, you had somehow had a rotten Olympia. Had a rotten Olympia. <laughs> It's the tainted water, baby. <laughs> uh yeah. So that's my that's my main memory of Olympia actually and what taints it uh a little bit in my mind, I would say.
0: <laughs> All right. Okay, so now the rankings then. Um it's our second episode, so it's an easy one to rank. This is either better <laughs> or worse than Miller Lite. The head to head. But I think Olympia has a couple dimensions to it. I agree with your gut sentiment that it's a rotten beer. <laughs> it doesn't taste good, and we shat all over Miller Lite last episode. And we promise we'll drink some good beers at some point in the future. But this is similarly as long
1: as they're on sale.
0: <laughs> this is as long as they're one dollar at a happy hour somewhere. We'll be able to do it. This is similarly a a bad beer universally. Like it's, I I don't think a lot of people drink a apart from the one dollar hour and go Ooh, i, I love sucking down an olympia yeah that's what i was saying earlier like no one but seeks it seeks this but we've been talking about the logo um i'm actually going to read let's see let's read their copy olympia lager blends nature's finest raw materials from the fields of the great northwest into an icon as stunning as the land itself pure mountain water and golden barley tan this smooth sculpted beer like mount olympia itself that's bad copy as to itself. So yeah, you can't do that. Crowned with a garland of fresh herbal hops, Olympia Ooh. beer stands shoulders above other beers. That also is bad that's bad copy all around. Okay. Shoulders well, above other beers. Yeah. Th- beers have shoulders? <laughs> well That's not a s yeah, it's well, not a standing a pun, on it's the not a shoulders of
1: giants is a thing, mountains. But it They're stands trying to do head head shoulders. shoulders. Yeah. Head and shoulders. But if you're doing
0: the mountains, it's like the 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 pinnacle of Olympia. Yeah, is. the
1: peak of right. yeah. Okay, so right. bad copy, but the logo <laughs> and the branding is pretty good. And it, it is it, iconic, and I think they have that word in there, which I think is fair. It's an it's iconic. iconic beer. We,
0: we talked about the movies uh, about it being iconic. There's also this rumor that uh, the the second word in American rock band Creedence, Creedence Clearwater Revival's name, or CCR, or CCR, is derived from an Olympia advertising campaign. So, so
1: Clearwater they must have
0: used at some point, right? Which I would not <laughs> think that that's true. <laughs> But Uh, It is cited Wikipedia cites it Uh, It's cited from Actually the Hank Bordowitz book Bad Moon Rising The Unauthorized History Of Creedence Clearwater Revival Unauthorized to them
1: Authorized for this podcast
0: Hey We're good enough With authorizing it But anyway Like it's iconic Both in terms of uh, It being in pop culture And in terms of like Again that like it's the one dollar beer here. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's what makes some beer like like PBR when it had its revival with hipsters, and I think like old styles kind of doing that. Yep, those types Big of beers. Nostalgia push with these beers, right? So taste aside, there's something to this beer culturally that can't be ignored. That said, where are you putting it? You putting it above or below Miller life?
1: Well, let's agree on it together. What like, do we one, think? One two
0: three thing. Yeah. <laughs> one, okay. One two, two three th- below. You got to say <laughs> something. <laughs> I think it's below because I think you can't put taste aside at the end of the day. I mean, okay. It's, it's still rotten beer that made you puke. I'll put Miller Lite above it as well, yeah. Okay, so it's Miller Lite, and then it's CCR. Um, Does this mean we're still uh,
1: hanging on to our Wisconsin roots because of our taste for Miller Lite?
0: No, I, I think Miller Lite's going to fall. Psychologically I think it's going to fall And it's going to fall fast (laughs) We just have drank Two shitty beers Uh, But it leaves a taste In my mouth Similar to What I'm sure Douglas tasted this morning When he licked Human shit Off off the ground Off sidewalk
1: But Shit whether in a sidewalk Or a can All goes down the same And we tasted that today
0: Thank you for tuning in everyone See you next week
1: The Cold Cans podcast is recorded in the Overcast Room at Cloud Studios in Seattle, Washington. Visit cloudstudiosseattle.com. This episode of Cold Cans was brought to you by Blue Apron. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients so you can make delicious home-cooked meals any night of the week. Cold Cans listeners can take $30 off their first order by going to coldcanspodcast.com slash blueapron. Again, you get delicious meals delivered right to your door with Blue Apron. It's time to be happy about the food you're eating. So get Blue Apron. Again, go to coldcanspodcast.com slash blueapron and you can take $30 off your first order. Again, that's coldcanspodcast.com slash blueapron. Catch you later, Cold Cans fans.